Hey there, welcome to our AP Legal Zone podcast brought to you by AP Lawyers. We are your top fix for all weekly law updates, including family, immigration, wills, and estates law. Just a friendly reminder we are not your lawyers, and everything contained in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and not to be construed as legal advice. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay connected with any updates and get notified about our new episodes. Hello, I'm Angela Princewell, and as some of you may know, I like to think of myself as the poster girl for marriage contracts and cohabitation agreements. I mean, the number of times in the in my work where people have been surprised about the consequences of you know cohabitation or marriage, it's just. Um, you know, mind-boggling things that we take for granted as lawyers that a lot of people don't realize that's the consequence of entering into a relationship or marriage. So I always believe in, you know, being the master of your own faith and determining the consequences of a relationship. So I, I always encourage um, marriage contracts and cohabitation agreements for people who want to leave common law. And especially cohabitation agreements, because sometimes people think that because they are common law, and, you know, a lot of the rules around married people do not apply to them. They think, you know, then it's just everything's just, you know, free and clear until they find out there's trust claims and other things that and it's not as straightforward as they think. And it could actually even be more complicated. So that is why I am a big fan and, and promoter of marriage contracts and cohabitation agreements. But what happens where a person has a cohabitation agreement breaks up? and then mix up again. So let me be clear. If you have a cohabitation agreement and then you separate, clearly whatever the, the terms of the, the cohabitation agreement would guide what happens post-separation, right? If you guys say, well, we're not dividing properties at all, then in the event of a separation, that's what happens. But what, what happens in a situation where you have an agreement, you break up, then you make up and then you break up again. Does that original agreement um, still work? Is it still valid? And that's, um, you know, that's an issue that is not uncommon. And so I'm hoping to address that today. It actually was um, addressed in a recent decision by the Court of Appeal in Krebs versus Cote. And I mean, the, this decision is a little over, um, it's more than a year old, but it's just something, it's a question that I've been asked a couple of times recently. And I'm like, I should I should share this information. So what happens? So in this case, um, Krebs um, who is, uh, and Cote were in a, in a, um, common law relationship. The relationship was on and off um, from about 20, 2006 till 2019. And for most of the relationship, they lived in Mr. Krebs' home. Then the parties separated for um, the first time in 2012. In 2013, they reconciled and they started living together again in Mr. Krebs' home. And at that point, they entered into a cohabitation agreement. In that cohabitation agreement, they waived um, property rights, equalization, and spousal support, and said that on a separation, Mr. Krebs would pay Ms. Cote a lump sum of $5,000, and she would leave the home. It also said that if the parties got married, the cohabitation would automatically become a marriage contract. So that was January 2013. Later in 2013, um, the parties separated again, 
Mr. Krebs paid the $5,000 as agreed um, under their cohabitation agreement, and Ms. Cote moved out of the home. Then come 2014, the parties reconciled and then got married. In, 20, in um, 2019, the parties who are now married separated for the final time. So the question now became, following this final separation, are the parties still bound by the cohabitation agreement that they entered into in January 2013? And just in case you weren't keeping up, remember that in January 2013, the agreement said, you know, once they get married, whenever they get married, it would automatically become a marriage contract. And it also said that, Ms., um, you know, Ms. Cote would receive $5,000 if the parties ever separated. And they did separate in, in 2013 and she did receive the $5,000, but now they've made up and even gotten married and now they've separated finally. So the parties really wanted to know, you know, is this original agreement still of any force and effect? And the court said yes. So the court, the, the, the judge at the motion said, you know, sorry, it was no longer that the court of appeal did say yes, but we'll get there. But firstly, the, the, the motions judge said, no, it is no longer of any force and an effect. And, and the judge, you know, gave um, reasons for that. But in essence, it said, you know, the parties the, from the based on the first time that they broke up and having and um, Mr. Krebs haven't paid that $5,000 to Ms. Cote, that the, the cohabitation agreement was exhausted and was no longer any force or effect. The parties, I mean, of course it was appealed. And so the parties uh, find themselves in front of the Court of Appeal of Ontario. And the Court of Appeal disagreed with the motions judge saying that, you know, the rule, the, this rule, which applies, and 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 the rule that the the motion judge's decision would be valid if this were a separation agreement. But I'll talk about that in a separate video. So just staying on track, the court of appeal said no for cohabitation agreement. It does not, um, you know, it does not become exhausted. It doesn't become of no force and effect anymore just because the parties have separated and then, you know, subsequently reconcile. And there's good logic for this, right? Because, you know, if the idea is you enter into a cohabitation agreement to have terms that would be of, if, you know, that would be of, um, that would be effective or that would guide your cohabitation and then would, you know, set out what should happen in the event of a separation. So even though you separate and then you resume, cohabitation, it makes sense for, for it to still apply because it just means that it, ex it it explains what would happen the next time if you do separate. So you're not, you're sort of not getting into a position that is worse than where you were previously. And that's, that's kind of the logic. And there's this concern that if, if, um, you know, cohabitation agreements just became of no effect once people separated and then reconciled and all that, then people could do, do that strategically, right? And that would just be a very easy way for all cohabitation agreements to be set aside. You know, if you sign a cohabitation agreement that you don't like, then you can just easily break up for a few months, make up, and then now all of a sudden that cohabitation agreement is no longer of any force and effect. So it, it just from that logic, you could see how, you know, it's it, it's it makes sense 
that the cohabitation agreement should continue to be of um continue to be effective once the parties resumed cohabitation. And that's what the the courts found. However, the Court of Appeal did not create a presumption that, you know, cohabitation agreements would always be valid following reconciliation. They just said, we would look at what each agreement, each person, each situation, and we would see what the agreement and the people's um, and the circumstances of what the agreement says and the circumstances of, of the parties. So in this particular case, the courts, the Court of Appeal says, well, there is nothing, you know, restricting um, you know, the application of, of their cohabitation agreement to a defined time. There's no restrictions in their agreement that, you know, following a resumption of cohabitation after separation, that the agreement would no longer apply. So given the, the terms of the, the party's agreement in this case, the court, the court of appeals says, nope, the cohabitation agreement in this case is not terminated and should continue to apply. Um, you know, and and the way the courts, um, actually I'm going to put a particular paragraph in this case where the court says, reading the contract as a whole, in the context of the relationship of the parties at the time it was signed, I conclude that it was intended to apply despite a separation and subsequent reconciliation um, preceding the final separation. So, um, you know, the court also looked into the fact of that $5,000 that I had mentioned earlier that, um, Mr. Kreb had paid Ms. Cote and the court said, no, that in and of itself does not exhaust the, the cohabitation agreement. It doesn't have any bearing. It doesn't, you know, the, the agreement is still valid. So the bottom line is, you know, if you want to make sure that, make sure that your agreements are clear. That's, that's the first thing. It's always important to have a clear agreement and that's why it's appropriate to have legal representation when drafting your agreement and make it, you know, it's good, it's worthwhile to make it clear what you want to happen if there's a reconciliation for, you know, for example. So they say include something along the lines of if we um if we separate and then reconcile the terms of this agreement will continue to apply or something along those lines. But in any case, if you do already have a marriage contract that doesn't say that, no need to panic, it's fine. Um, so long as there is nothing in your agreement that um, to the effect that your agreement is no longer valid after, you know, a first separation, then you can, you can count on this case to say, you know, to, um, for the, for the position that your agreement is valid. So I'm going to say that again, if you heard this, do not panic if your agreement isn't specific about what happens if you you know, um, separate and reconcile and all, you know, and subsequently separate again, that's all fine. Um, based on, on, on the case law as it exists right now, your, your, um, cohabitation agreement will still be valid absent anything in the agreement that, you know, prevents, um, a subsequent, um, reconciliation, Voiding the contract, if there's no such thing, then just rest easy knowing that the case law protects you. And even though you've separated before and you, you get back together and you separate again and you go um, have sort of that tumultuous relationship, if you have a cohabitation agreement, it would still be valid. And of course, um, by extension, a marriage contract. So the moral of that story is do get a cohabitation or marriage contract if you do not have one and um yes and put your mind to you know what do you want to happen it may be that in your specific situation you wanted to say well if we were ever to separate once we separate the first time we don't want the terms of this 
contract to continue, except, you know, if we want a contract, we would enter into a new contract. But once we separate the first time, we no longer want this to be applicable. So as I said earlier, it really is about you deciding what you want. That's kind of my my reason for, for being a fan of, of marriage contracts and cohabitation agreements. You get to determine how your separation plays out and you're not just kind of left to the courts to, to decide for you. Unfortunately, sometimes people try to set aside um, agreements, as in this case, and, and you know the courts have to weigh in on the issue. But good thing it's happened in this case, so it doesn't necessarily have to happen in yours. We can take the lessons and kind of move on from there. So um, I hope that explains it. Um, and just and I hope that you do find some value in today's video in knowing that you know your cohabitation agreement is going to survive even though you've had multiple breakups and makeups. And until next time, it's bye for now. Thanks for listening and joining us in the AP Legal Zone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. You can find more episodes by searching AP Legal Zone on anywhere you watch podcasts. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast today so you can stay connected with any updates and get notified about any new episodes.